Drink 64 ounces of water a day. Health goal time, Brotino. Is it Brotin O or Brotin A? <laughs> I think it's Brotin O. Pretty sure. Okay. I'm just making a joke. I know it's Brotino. Brotino's Pizza Bros. You're tuned into the GoCast podcast, your one-stop shop for updates, news, tips, and community in the world of Pokemon Go. Thank you for listening. Remember voting for February's Community Day? Well, it's payback time. Between Ho-Oh and Heatran, Genesect has a drive to burn. Happy 2020, Slowpoke, and happy 2021 to the rest of us. You scream, I scream, we all scream for a self-conscious ice Pokemon. And more on this episode of GoCast. Hello and welcome to the GoCast podcast, episode 124. It's December 22nd, yet another Tuesday evening, admittedly a little bit earlier than normal. What are we going to do with all this free time, Kyle? Oh my gosh. (laughs) Uh, I'm your host, Chris, and I'm joined as always by my co-host, Kyle. Hiya. Hey, how's it going, man? It, it's going. You know, it's going. Yeah, it's definitely uh, it's definitely going. And just when we thought, you know, maybe we'll get a slow week. Uh, you know, it's the holiday season. And I'm sure all the folks at Niantic are out of office. Well, <laughs> well, 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 we were wrong. Not for the first time and not for the last time. But before we get into any of that and all those details, shout out to two brand new patrons, JV and Chris, a different Chris, not me, although I'm not, you know, opposed to, I suppose, being my own patron. (laughs) But thank you very much to the two of you, uh, JV and Chris. Appreciate it and looking forward to getting to know you better in the Discord, if that is uh, of interest to you. Looking forward to it. But Mr. Kyle. Yeah. We set some goals last week. Um, Some of them are lofty. Some might say, you know, like 10 foot ceilings lofty. Yeah. And uh, yikes, I'm kind of excited to hear how we how we did or didn't do in this case. I know personally, but uh, let's let's see. Kyle, you wanted to hit level 42. Yes, I did that. Excellent work. Very proud. Did you participate in the mime event this weekend? I finished the research. Does that count as participating? Yeah, that, that counts. There wasn't a whole lot else to participate in. Super then, honest. Yes. <laughs> okay. <laughs> At 900,000 experience, you were starting at 33.8 million. So you wanted to get to 34.7. No, I did not do that. All right. Well, hey, like we say every week, two out of three ain't bad. Yeah, I mean, I got like <laughs> 450,000. That's a lot more than I thought I was going to get given the events of my week. Yeah, that's hey, that's good. I'm happy for it. Half a million experience is still nothing to scoff at. So nice work. Nice work for myself. I wanted to hit level 44. That did not happen. Unfortunately, <laughs> I, I have hit the, you know, grinding out the great league and master league uh, matches <laughs> part of that. And I just can't really bring myself to ask anybody to exchange battles with me. I also wanted to participate in the Mr. Mime event that did happen. That's great. Hello. Hello. Thank you. Shiny Dwebble. I'm happy to report. I have acquired a shiny Dwebble. Yeah. Yep. And I'm also happy to report that when I found it, I didn't realize he was shiny. Yeah. <laughs> no, not in the least. Um, I thought that he was going to be a little bit lighter, but he was a little bit nope. darker. And that threw me for a loop for sure. And then shiny Registeel. Dude, I swear I did like 30 Registeel this weekend. I was going for it. And nay, 
Mm-mm. So two out of four for me. Kyle, how does it feel to come out on top? Uh, uncommon. Un- uncommon. Some might even say amazing rare. <laughs> they might say that. But uh, but I'll keep my Pokemon TCG lingo to myself because nobody cares, right? That's what I thought. You know, I need to answer that question. Why don't we uh, hop into the news, though? What's going on? It's the news. So let's talk about this weekend and the Mr. Mime event and how it went, our thoughts, feelings, etc. Uh, we, we talked a lot about this last week. About how, you know, the asking price of $7.99 was justified for this or that reason, and that there were lots of really valid complaints and criticisms of it and stuff like that. Um, and that the, the sort of feeling in the in the community space seemed to be kind of overly negative about this event. But now having this event under our belts, Kyle, I'm kind of curious what your thoughts were. How did it go? Oh, really quickly, full disclosure, I should say that Kyle and I did both receive tickets from Niantic to participate in this event, despite us both being rather vocal about being willing to spend the seven ninety nine, dollars uh, I would have spent it. I mean, I buy the community day box every uh. single event. Uh, those are not provided. And that's that's arguably a worse value. So <laughs> anyway, Kyle, I'm interested to hear your opinion. I didn't like it. I don't want to be too negative on it because there's a lot of negativity and stuff being thrown around, but I think it was a very bad value for what should have been a free research. Okay. Minus some of the premium items you got. Obviously, if you look at it objectively, a better value, it is a good value based on the premium items you get alone. But I don't think that excuses the fact that this should have been just like the Galarian you mask research that everybody got for free. Right, for sure. Or the, you know, the Halloween events in general that we've gotten mm-hmm. before. We got Spiritomb as well. Um, yeah, I'm inclined to agree. Despite being a rather vocal proponent of this research, I also I adore research events. Special research is my favorite thing in the game. I've been over this a million times. It's probably no surprise. But even having said that, this is a five-step research, um, and the Pokemon encounters therein were really underwhelming, except for the Mr. Mime. And the Mr. Mime (laughs) encounters would have been carried by some significant cameos. Like, if we had gotten a Gibble or something like that, I know that's just a cheap throw-in. Make it more appropriate, but something on that level of interest and rarity. Not a Snowrunt. Not a Wishmer. That didn't necessarily... Yeah, it didn't feel good. Now, let's also take a look at the bigger picture. Kyle, you pointed this out to me the other night when we were hanging out and talking that the incense spawns were also part of the event, right? But the incense spawn pool, first of all, kind of uninspired, unfortunately, I'd hate to say it. It was comprised of all the Pokemon you also got in those encounters of Jigglypuff, Snow Runt, stuff like that, and Jinx, a couple of other things. But those incense spawns were also available to people that didn't buy the ticket. Yep. So mm-hmm. it can't be counted towards the ticket value as an aspect of it. You know what I mean? So the ticket you're paying, what you're paying for is really just the special research at the end of the day. Exactly. And based on only that, I think, okay, let me say this. I would be willing to pay $7.99 for a five-step research event. It needs to be more enticing. The content needs to be better and not in such a way that people will, you know, cry. Oh, my gosh, this is loaded with stuff. Pay to win. Pay to win. No, 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 no. 
not not the case. But just give me give me rare XL candies. Give me other stuff that just saves me a little bit of time. It doesn't necessarily put me ahead. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I needed more value out of this, I think. I enjoyed it. I like the storytelling. I like the writing. I like Galeria and Mr. Mime, and I was very happy to get my rhyme, and I love the pose. I adore the pose. It's God. so funny. <laughs> I've been playing a lot of GBL, and man, it's really great. But yeah, I think I can kind of come down off of my high horse here and agree with everybody else and say that the other aspects of it, the other rewards, the experience of playing the research kind of nullified it for me a little bit. I think what it really boils down to after having experienced it, this reeks of how much can we get away with? And that just is not a good feeling. Uh, I suppose so. I think looking at it that way, though, is even if that is a gut reaction, I think that that that's reliant more on just the optics of the situation and not necessarily the situation itself. I would go against that and say that I just think it was an event that they thought would be worth it and it just did not pan out. I don't think it's a a test the waters scenario. I would agree with you if it didn't have a new Pokemon tied to it. But I think because it's a lackluster Pokemon and not a bigger hook like a legendary or a mythical or something like that, that that kind of proves the point. Because if they were really trying to get people to be like, will they just pay for only the encounter? Like they would have put something bigger in there to try to entice more people. Like surround it with a bunch of useless encounters otherwise, but make that the thing. I disagree. I think this is a bigger test. They know people will pay for a legendary because people do it for raids all the time. The real question is, will people pay for a dex filler? Because why else would you care about Galarian Mr. Mime? And I think that's an ultimate test. True. Okay. I could, I can understand that perspective. I don't think that that's the case, uh, but I can understand looking at it from that perspective for sure. Uh, That being said, would I buy another ticket to an event like this i mean absolutely i try to participate in everything in this game but i think my advice for other people in the future would be especially as we get you know people start to uncover what's actually in the encounters and in the tasks and stuff like that like i guess wait to see if it's worth it before purchasing the ticket because in this case not really yeah not really uh yeah the events speak for themselves but i'd rather have more content in the story aspect of the research but yeah, I don't know. I really wanted to find the silver lining uh, as is my duty in life and in this podcast, apparently. But I'm, I'm struggling in this case. And so I just wanted to report back that that was the feeling. But Kyle, I'm not surprised with how you felt about this. That's, that's a rather <laughs> objectively. It's hard to argue with the fact that somebody would say, yeah, not so hot. Yeah. Yeah. But anyway, hey. We learned some lessons along the way here, and the journey is the most important part. But speaking of, let's hop right into the rest of the news here and see what we've got ahead of us with our next piece of news, which is the January Community Day. Trainers, when you get knocked down, you just have to get back up. Despite losing out on the chance to be featured in last February's Community Day, Machop, the superpower Pokemon, never gave up. That resilience is paid off because Machop will star in the upcoming January Community Day, and you can be sure it'll make the most of it. I'm so hyped for this. Oh, I'm so excited. When is this momentous day going to happen? Well, I'm glad you asked. January 16th, 2021. That's next month. From 11 a.m. to 5 p.m. local time. Features include 
Machop will be appearing more frequently in the wild. If you're lucky, you may encounter a shiny one. That shiny has been released already, although it has been kind of a, a sore spot for shiny hunters. It's a, a difficult one to farm. Evolve Machoke during the event or up to two hours afterward to get a Machamp that knows Payback, which is a dark type move, which is exciting for a few reasons we'll get to in just a second here. Take a few snapshots during the community day for a surprise. It's it, it's photo bombs from, from a Machop. There'll be a one-time purchase Machop Community box available for $12.80. Poco coins featuring an Elite Charge TM, four incense, four star pieces, and 30 Ultra Balls. This one is more worth it than others, but still probably not very value-centric. But hey, the four incense and the four star pieces, that's a good addition for sure. And of course, for $1 US or the equivalent price in tier in your local currency, you'll be able to access the Machop Community exclusive special research story straight to the top, Machop. If you want to do that bonuses for the day include the real star of the show for many people. Three times catch Stardust, a.k.a. the one bonus we all look for at every single event. Um, and of course, incense activated during the event will last for three hours. Now, Kyle, I heard you sigh. Yeah. Um, and I, you know, I've known you long enough to know that that usually indicates that you're displeased about something. Would you say a little bit? A little okay. bit. All right. Well, so what's up? It's Machop. And he lost for a reason. But no, he lost because he was up against like two other fan favorites. Remember, we were having this discussion at the time. It was one other fan favorite. I would not call Rhyhorn a fan favorite. I wouldn't either. And I was but a little upset about it. That's dumb. That's really dumb. And it, it turned out to be a huge influence on the game. But we, regardless, it's another precedent setting thing. And it's not even the only one in the news this week that I'm not very happy with. Yes, I, I know what you're talking about. I'm excited to get to that. But um, yeah, and that's it. I also I'm a little bit biased because I was really happy with my shiny Machop that I got at GoFest. And I really like the shiny Machop, even though it's green. So <laughs> not that it's common, it's, <laughs> you know, it's whatever. It's not common yet. The market value is still pretty high. No, it's not. The market value plummeted as soon as this was announced. Uh, that's yeah, that's true. Also, I don't know how economics work. So, um, but, but here's the thing, right? This is going to happen to just about every shiny in the game. You could say this about any community day that rolls off or Pokemon, but the shiny has been released already. Machop is not special in this regard. I mean, no, but I felt the same way when Magikarp happened. Yeah. Now Magikarp, I feel like is a different scenario because it's, well, it's a 400 candy evolved Pokemon. It's a super iconic fan favorite. And it's a gold shiny. And all of those reasons together make it worth like the shiny hunt itself. It, um, it made it but better. Me, but yeah, I just. It lost the vote for a reason. If you're going to do the votes and then just do them eventually, why have the vote? Just pick one. Yeah, but I remember in the moment when I was complaining that Machop didn't win, you said, don't worry about it. They already have it in the code. They're going to use it for a future community day. That didn't mean I liked it. I was just stating the facts. <laughs> okay. Well, I'm just saying we're not surprised. The point is, if last February there wasn't a vote and they had just done Rhyhorn and then they'd done Machop here, I wouldn't feel bad about it. I'd be like, oh, it's already existing, but whatever. But Machop wasn't even the runner up, if I recall correctly. Squirtle was the runner up, wasn't it? You know, it's an extra, extra dosage of, of salt right there. 
I guess so. But anyway, I, I mean, I wanted this really badly. A lot of people were excited about Machop, but, you know, they only had one vote in that voting thing. And because of the fan frame, it absorbed a lot of votes that would have otherwise gone to these other choices in that pool. And we discussed this at the time is that there were one or two choices in that pool of Pokemon that stood out. And we thought it was by design, right, to see if we wanted to repeat fan favorite or a new one. And people chose the repeat fan favorite. And so I don't think it was really a fair playing field. I don't think the chop like lost because it was undeserving. It just lost given the circumstances. Machop didn't lose because of the fan favorite thing. That was the other votes that happened. Machop lost to Rhyhorn, which was not a fan favorite. I, I, dis- I disagree on that. No, one. there was a disinformation campaign out there about <laughs> about Rhyhorn. I remember that. I remember the Rhyhorn squad, me being really upset at people. But anyway, okay, regardless, let me have this. Can't you just let me have this? I'm excited <laughs> that Machop is is getting its community day. It should have been there in the first place. And now that Excel candies are a thing, even more so. I'm very excited to farm here. Okay, let me give you a couple of reasons. I said I would I would give you a couple of reasons why I'm excited about this. Okay, one, you can farm the heck out of XL candies, which is going to be really, really good because time and time again, even last week, I can cite last week's episode, we talk about how useful Machamp is in varying circumstances so you want to have a strong one you want to have a good iv one and you want to have lots of candy and then also xl candy to make it as good as you can get it to be so this is a win-win for everybody in that case now why is payback good payback is a dark move so it'll be super effective against psychic types which happens to be fighting types foil so you'll have somewhere to play around with this now will it (laughs) <laughs> will it be useful in the slot that rock slider already goes in in pvp is an interesting conversation that i'd like people smarter than me such as fish and slash or DeFi, to have because i'm not good enough to have that conversation but i like the idea of having the option for sure the flexibility is exciting to me and those are really the main the main reasons i mean the shiny machop being awesome is great but three times catch stardust we're not going to argue with that. I also would like to point out, instead of the psychic matchup, because a fighting type will get ripped apart by a psychic anyways, Yep, payback helps against the ghost typing, where that fighting too. is four times weak. So there's that. But until something is done about XL candy, I refuse the excuse, it's a good opportunity for XL candy as a reasoning for an event. Well, why? I mean, if you hold out for when they maybe change the formula to make it more forgiving, then you just would have this opportunity to farm the XL candy up front now and you can save it for then. Well, because I I commented on the Discord when Chris brought this up, when it was announced, you can catch the entire day. You can go hard. You still probably won't get enough XL candy for one Machamp to level 50. And this is literally the best of the best times to do that. So if the rates are still this bad, I'm not going to care about it. It's stuff that's going to happen by happenstance, and I don't think it's a good enough excuse for the repeats coming back. Okay. I can entertain that as well. I just, I don't know. I'm participating in the system as it's meant to be participated in currently. Um, And so, I don't know. I like the opportunity to farm the candy for sure. I've been working on a Charizard right now, and I'm starting to hit a, a rather heavy XL candy wall. So I'm sure I'll have different opinions about this later on. But at the time, I mean, I don't know if you catch all day, you might get like a hundred 
XL candy, you need 276 to get it all the way to max. That's still going to help you get it much higher than you would have otherwise. So I still think there's value in that. But it's still only one out of a team of six that yeah, you have so right now. It's not <laughs> supposed to be easy, dude. That's the point. That's why it's designed this way. It's supposed to be a time sink. I'm, I'm simply saying that it's a low value part of the event if that is one of the values you want to contribute. Okay. I can respect that. I just have a 100% Machamp that I'm interested in powering up several times. And so this <laughs> is a great opportunity for me to do that and to justify it. So holla for Adala. Very excited. Uh, but anyway, look forward to Machop Community Day in January, January 16th to be exact. It's a Saturday. So there you go. Let's move on to other January related news. The January events. This is where we list all the things that are happening, basically, and some teasers and stuff. Although some of this has already been filled out, so that's nice. Research breakthrough. Ooh, what's it going to be? We're moving on from, what was it, Lapras and Darumaka this month, yeah. right? Uh, from Friday, January 1st, 2021 at 1 p.m. to Monday, February 1st at 1 p.m. PST, you'll encounter Chansey in research breakthroughs. <laughs> Just when you thought it couldn't get more questionable, well... Chansey's coming back. Now, here's the nice thing about Chansey. Shiny is out, I suppose. Uh, and it is a rare Pokemon, so it is kind of nice to have more opportunities to capture a Chansey. Outside of that, there are almost no selling points. <laughs> Kyle, can you think of anything? What am I missing? Why do we care about Chansey? No, there there is no selling point. It is rare, and that's better than can be said for a lot of breakthroughs we've had in the past. <laughs> Yeah. sure sure and that's about it i'm eager for a chance to have more shiny checks on chancy because the shiny chancy looks pretty awesome it's green sorry kyle it's also uh, very but, uncommon uh chancy in general so yeah yeah so I'm, I'm eager again for more opportunities but yeah other than that it's not exactly meta it's not gonna fill out a raid team it's not gonna do any of that it's just kind of a nice bonus which is kind of what it just feels like only a bonus Featured Pokemon in five-star raids and mega raids. Things are heating up in raids this January. The following legendary mythical Pokemon will be appearing in five-star raids throughout January, one of which is appearing for the first time. Ooh. Ho-Oh will be appearing in raids from Friday, January 1st at 1 p.m. to Tuesday, January 5th at 10 a.m. local time. If you're lucky, men encounter a shiny Ho-Oh. Genesect holding a burn drive. Wow. We'll be appearing in raids from Tuesday, January 5th at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, January 12th at 10 a.m. local time. You can catch me at your local Genesect raid farming Genesect candy for sure. <laughs> Heat Trend will be appearing in raids from Tuesday, January 12th at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, January 19th at 10 a.m. local time. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny Heat Trend. Now, quick little note before we continue here. It says in both the ho and the Heat Trend pieces of copy that you might encounter a shiny ho or Heatran, but does not say so for Genesect, despite shiny Genesect being released. Yeah. Now, is this an omission, or are they not going to let us have shiny Genesect? It's kind of hard to tell. My money's on omission, by the way. I would tend to agree. Yeah. There's no reason for them to hold it back. It's not like, you know, holding a burn drive makes it look different. You know what I mean? I mean, it does so. a little bit. Yeah, a little bit, but I'm, <laughs> I wouldn't, not enough to make it. It's not like it turns into an entirely different Pokemon. It's not like a different form in that way. 
You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. So uh, I don't see why they would hold it back. But uh, who knows? Uh, Kyogre and Groudon will be appearing in raids from Tuesday, January 19th at 10 a.m. to Tuesday, January 26th at 10 a.m. local time. If you're lucky, you might encounter a shiny Kyogre or shiny Groudon. Uh, They came back, Kyle. Again. As they always do. Again. Mm -hmm. Like a couple of bad pennies. A surprise Pokemon will be appearing in raids beginning on Tuesday, January 26th at 10 a.m. local time. No out time or date for that Pokemon. And also no idea of what it could be. Any wishful thoughts there, Kyle? Caldeo. Yivitel. Ooh, okay. All right. Well, I'm going to hold out for my unicorn and you can can have that meta pick. Pokemon that doesn't look like a Pokemon. Yeah, it definitely doesn't. No. Nope. Can't argue with that. In addition, the following Mega Evolved Pokemon will be appearing in Mega Raids. Mega Charizard Y, Mega Blastoise, and Mega Abomasa will be appearing in Mega Raids, with Mega Charizard Y becoming even more powerful from Tuesday, January 5th at 10 a.m. through Tuesday, January 12th at 10 a.m. local time. Mega Blastoise is also a prime pick to use in five-star raids this month, so make sure to stock up on Blastoise and Mega Energy. Thanks for the tip there, Niantic. On Tuesday, January 19th, a certain Mega Evolved Pokemon will be making its Pokemon Go debut in Mega Raids. More details will come to light as we get closer to the date. Interesting. Mega Venusaur and Mega Houndoom will also be appearing in Mega Raids beginning on January 19th, with Mega Houndoom being even more powerful from Tuesday, January 26th through Monday, February 8th. Now, I still haven't looked into this since last week, but have we quantified what more powerful means for these mega forms because Charizard X was more powerful uh, this past month, the first half of December at the very least. And I still, I couldn't tell you what the difference was despite having used it several times. Oh, I have absolutely no idea. I don't either. It wasn't incredibly (laughs) noticeable. I'm sure someone's like, it's 200 CP or something like that, but it wasn't a, a crazy difference. It wasn't like, you know, twice as strong or something like that. Uh, so I don't know. I guess I'll have to do some more research and get back. But uh, anything catch your eye here from the five star raids or the mega raids, Kyle? No, no. <laughs> like, look, don't get me wrong. It's cool that Genesect is getting a burn drive. For those who don't know, Genesect has four different hold items that it can hold and it changes the element of its signature move Technoblast. And that's what it does. So... <laughs> So it's going to be a fire type techno blast. Yeah. But it can't be Great League ready from a raid. So not very exciting to me personally. Yes, but it does open up the opportunity of it being a breakthrough or something else in the future. So maybe uh, not a breakthrough. Breakthroughs. That's cute. <laughs> maybe not a breakthrough. Oh, <laughs> uh, uh, yeah. I don't know. Maybe a research. I don't know. I, don't, I got nothing. I got nothing. Uh, but yeah, it, it is kind of a bummer, I suppose. But, you know, hey, I think it's neat that they're moving in this direction, though. It's just holding a burn drive. I wonder how they're going to denote that. I think it's the back item changes when it has a different drive. So that's just what they're going to do. I don't know. But they use the they use the terminology holding, which is like a Pokemon term because held items are a big thing. So I'm curious if they're going to show it with like an icon or something like that. So we can actually see from our summary. I don't think Screen. so. I think it's it's going to be the back of the model because it, mm. it does have a 3D model that represents it. So, yeah, that's very true. But anyway, I'm I'm excited to see what the mystery mega raid Pokemon is going to be. 
uh, before I decide what I'm excited about the most. But Genesect is really probably going to take the cake. Really excited about that. Spotlight Hours, the month of January, Pokemon Spotlight Hour will take place every Tuesday at 6 p.m. local time, and each hour will spotlight a different Pokemon and special bonus. Tuesday, January 5th, Lillipup will be in the spotlight. You'll learn twice the Stardust for catching Pokemon. That's the one to mark your calendars for. Tuesday, January 12th, Drifloon will be in the spotlight, and you'll learn twice the XP for catching Pokemon. Tuesday, January 19th, Shroomish, finally, Shroomish. We'll be in the spotlight and you'll learn twice the candy for catching Pokemon. That was a little bit of shade, but I do love shroomish. And finally, Tuesday, January 26th, the, the long awaited fan fee will be in the spotlight oh, and you'll earn twice the candy for transferring Pokemon. Also the best bonus. Who knew? I'm looking forward to probably Drifloon and Lillipup. I mean, I'm looking forward to Drifloon, but it's only for the very slim chance that I can get a shiny and that's about it. Yeah, man. You need like, how many do you have? I don't have a Drifling Shiny. It's one of like three ghosts that I'm missing. There's no way. The Halloween event, everybody got like five. I did not get to play all day on that one event, but also I just did not get very lucky. I did catch quite a few. Yeah, that'll do it. The lack of luck that'll get you every time. Yeah. Celebrate 2021 with a New Year's themed event. Happy 2020. Wait, no, it'll be 2021 in just a few days. Turns out Slowpoke is just late to the game as always. (laughs) Silly Slowpoke. This might be one of my favorite love it. things that they've ever done. For this year's New Year's event, you can expect new costumed Pokemon, like a silly Slowpoke wearing 2020 glasses, <laughs> and new avatar items, as well as the return of some familiar Pokemon wearing party hats. This event will run from Thursday, December 31st at 10 p.m. to Monday, January 4th at 10 p.m. local time. Features include some Pokemon will be wearing festive costumes to celebrate the new year with us. Slowpoke wearing 2020 glasses will be appearing in the wild. Appearing after you complete field research tasks, appearing in raids and hatching from two kilometer eggs. And this is the best part. Evolve Slowpoke wearing 2020 glasses to get a slow bro wearing 2021 glasses. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, honestly, one of the funniest things they've ever done. Really clever. Agreed. Uh, Pichu wearing a New Year's hat will be hatching from two kilometer eggs. Pikachu wearing a New Year's hat will be appearing in the wild and after you complete field research tasks. You can also get one by evolving a Pichu wearing a New Year's hat and evolve Pikachu wearing a New Year's hat to get a Raichu wearing a New Year's hat. So that's nice to be able to evolve those. Why not will be hatching from two kilometer eggs. If you're lucky, you might find a shiny. Why not? Why not? Give it a try. <laughs> Radicate, Wobbuffet and Wormpole wearing party hats will be appearing in one star raids. Clink and Esper will be joining them as well. Friendly reminder, by the way, the Raticate, Wobbuffet, and Wurmple should be shiny chance available. It's not stated here, but they should be. Eevee wearing a party hat will be available as a field research reward encounter that's also shiny. Dress up for 2021, beginning on Wednesday, December 30th at 1 p.m. The 2021 glasses and the New Year's party hat avatar items will be available in the in-app shop, and boxes will contain different items during the event. Check out the shop for more details. There's also some bonuses, two times hatch candy, two times hatch stardust, and half hatch distance when eggs are placed in an incubator during this time. Kyle, it's an egg event. I know. Slightly. (laughs) What do you mean slightly? It definitely is. Well, nothing is featured in eggs except for why not, really. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it looks like just about everything can also be hatched, kind of. Yeah. Are you looking forward to this event at all or no? I love the slow poke, slow bro. But aside from that, no. Yeah. I just want to point out 
This is three back-to-back-to-back costume Pikachus. Yes. Literally, when one ended, a new one began. Yes. That's all. What's your point? It's kind of ridiculous. Hey, man, but some people live for costume Pikachu, and so I'm sure they're just living their best life right now. So many. It, it is a lot. I'm not going to argue that. It is. I searched Argue Pikachu in my Pokedex today when I was cleaning out space, and I had like 65. Oh, wow. Dang. You got it down to 65. Nice that, work. That I'm not like that. I'm not transferring. Oh, yeah. That's. Yep. I keep three of each costume Pokemon just so I can trade them. And uh, it's too much. I need to not do that because nobody wants them. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Except for that one guy I met at the Rooster Teeth convention this past summer who I was staying in line behind. He's like, hey, got any costume Pikachu? He was like, I don't even have the game open. Now. Did you like smell the Pogo trainer on me? Like, what's wrong? <laughs> yeah. He was very enthusiastic about his costume Pikachu uh, collection. So, you know, word up and respect to that guy. Moving right along here, celebrate the different regions of the Pokemon world in January. As we count down the days to Pokemon Go Tour, Kanto will be celebrating during the season of celebration with events themed around different regions of the Pokemon world. Different weeks will highlight Unova, Sinnoh, Hoenn, and Johto, as Pokemon originally discovered in these regions will be appearing more often in the wild. The Unova celebration event begins on Tuesday, January 5th, 2021 at 10 a.m. local time. Features include, and here's where uh, Kyle's going to get a little bit uh, a little bit testy, I think. Uh, Snivy, Tebig, Oshawott, Lillipup, Herdier, Blitzel, Roggenrola, Drillbur, Scraggy, Timpole, Venipede, Trubbish, Gathita, Solosis, and Ferrisseed will be appearing more f- frequently in the wild. And if you're lucky, you might encounter a, here's a legit curveball, Shiny Snivy. Boo. Now I'm going to go out on a limb here, Kyle, and say that maybe this is the second precedent that you were alluding to earlier. It is. Yes. Yes. Well, we'll circle back and talk about it. Let's finish out the event first. The following Pokemon will be hatching from five kilometer eggs, rock and roll. So waddle. Oh, there he is. The, the, the boy, <laughs> the promised, the promised bug Pokemon. I just can't get enough of Petalil, Emolga, Carablast, Joltik, LGM and Shelmet. Enjoy event-exclusive field research tasks that reward Stardust and lead to encounters with Pokemon such as Snivy, Tepic, Oshawott, and Ferrisseed. The fact that they say Stardust makes me very hopeful for the amount of Stardust-related rewards we're going to get. The following Pokemon will be appearing in raids. Snivy, Tepic, Oshawott, Timber, Dwebble, and Clink will be appearing in one-star raids. Herdier, Twinkle, Excadrill, and Amoongus will be appearing in three-star raids. Genesect holding a burn drive will be appearing in five-star raids. This will be the first time this form of Genesect will be appearing in Pokemon Go, so be sure to catch it while you have the chance. Note that the shiny form... Oh, here we go. Note that the shiny form of this Genesect will not be available during this event. Oh, well, I'll be darned. Wow, that is not cool. I'm a little bit surprised. I mean, it's it's cool if there's a reason. I just don't see I what mean, the reason the is. The reason is so they can then release the drives again as shiny later uh that's, yeah that's all that's gonna happen probably probably i just want to know if the shiny is that drastically different or, or not hmm. mega charizard why mega blastoise and mega obama snow will be appearing in mega raids with charizard y becoming even more powerful from tuesday january 5th through tuesday january 12th at 10 a.m local time as we mentioned earlier all right let's circle back oh wait hang on there's one last thing collection challenges coming soon 
Whether you're new to Pokemon Go or a seasoned trainer, collection challenges provide a handy guide to catching Pokemon featured during certain events. Look out for the launch of collection challenges in early 2021 January. Now, if that's like a like a scavenger hunt thing, I'm down for it. But I guess we'll have to see what the details are going to be. But Kyle, I'm interested to hear your thoughts on the shiny Snivy release. huh? I don't know where to start. <laughs> okay but what's the beef why why does this rub you the wrong way because this says something right here this says they're gonna do snivy community day when they're good and ready and now the shiny is no longer an appeal and that's a problem for me because having the starter community days it was something that could be relied upon that you knew the shiny was coming you knew you'd have a chance to get it and now there's this. And it's just, it rubs me the wrong way. It sets a precedent that now Lord knows when we're going to get a starter community day. Especially when you look at the track record of community days that we had this year. I'm pretty sure we haven't had a non-Canto community day this entire year. All 11 community days. Maybe 10. Maybe January was not Canto. I don't remember off the top of my head. I don't either now that you mentioned that, but I think you're right. And like, I'm just tired of it, honestly. (laughs) Yeah. I would say that this is something we saw coming, though, for sure. Once they started kind of departing from the every other community day uh, being a starter Pokemon pattern they had before, we called this a while ago. We said, well, this is one step away from us stepping away from the standard formula that we've been used to, the patterns we've been used to. And this is just kind of confirmation that even if it does happen, it's still going to be different. The problem is Blasper and Hydro Cannon and Frenzy Plant exist. Right. And now Snivy doesn't have access still, but it's Shiny's out. And obviously they don't have to be connected, but they were previously synonymous. Uh, that's and true, but I, I think they're trying to make a point that those two things can be separated. What they're trying to do is they're trying to use this shiny as a boost to the event. Obviously, it's a, it's a new shiny. They can release it and everything. And then they're going to use it as a community day in the future because they have to give it Frenzy Plant. Like, they can't just not give it. It's it's iconic. And that's why now they're just basically saying, yeah, we're going to double dip on this Pokemon for sure. Mm -hmm. kind of deal with it yeah i don't know i don't necessarily know if that's a bad thing in my opinion or not though because i i mean the shiny being released right now doesn't it takes a little bit away from the community day but if if frenzy plant is the the main concern that doesn't take that away from community day i think they steal from each other that's the problem okay the shiny here steals from the community day the community day we know will have frenzy plant steals here from snivy so instead of releasing, I don't, I don't know. Let's say they release Shiny Drillbur instead with this event. That would be great. But now they know they don't have to because they just have the starters. Because the starters are always here kind of thing, you know? Well, let me ask you this, though. Like, base catch rate Shinies are pretty difficult to get, especially when they're not a common Pokemon. And Snivy, despite all of our belly aching about it being showing up all the time and everywhere, it, it's not that common. And so it'll be difficult for people to target and therefore get their hands on. So it would still be a draw on community day. It's not the shiny release, but the increased shiny rate chance still has value. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to make 
the community day not worth it but it's not going to feel as good for the same reason we're talking about machop and it's shiny but see machop has a fancy move but it i just doesn't it doesn't work for me i think it's <laughs> i don't like the practice that it sets for okay. the future i'm kind of the opposite i'm kind of excited about them trying to pivot and make this a little interesting because while it does kind of take away the bits and pieces that you were talking about and just listing enumerating, I think it creates an, a nice weird sort of space artificially where shiny Snivy also gets to be shiny hunt for a little while. Cause we don't know when the community is going to be. It's not like it's going to be in a couple of months I and mean, it could be, but we don't know that if it's not for a while, shiny Snivy will be fun to hunt. It'll be a rare shiny to have. And we haven't really had that for starters. But why? Why does it need to be the starter? Drillbur's spawning a lot right now. Just, just for example, it's an easy one of these listed here. At least for the Northern Hemisphere seasons, Drillbur is a semi-common spawn. Right. That would be fun to shiny hunt. And the starters could keep the kind of spot in the lexicon of Pokemon Go as they've had. Yeah, I mean, I, I agree. I don't know. I just think that it just creates a new sort of space, a new opportunity for this shiny to to shine, for lack of a better phrase, in ways that it wouldn't have been able to before. Because as soon as the community day happens, again, like we were just talking about with Machop Community Day, it devalues the shinies that you have gotten previous. So now we have that time beforehand where it's going to be kind of neat to have one for a while before then everybody has it. I don't really feel the same way personally if i get a shiny snivy for example i'll be like oh hey shiny and then i'm gonna remember this will have a community day because they <laughs> can't avoid it they they simply cannot unless they just give it the community day move and then it kind of takes the wind out of my sails anyways oh if they just give it the community day move i think that'd be a bad that'd be a bad move because especially if it was locked behind the elite charge TM wall still, because that would just necessitate the use of that in order to get the best move instead of giving an opportunity. So let me just, let me just put this out here. Cause it's a thought we didn't have community day moves for December. We didn't have the community day move for Charizard in December. We're going to have events for starter community day moves. Something is going to be tied very specifically to frenzy plant very specifically to Blast Burn, instead of them having to do a community day for Shinies for the starters. And then starters will no longer be community day fodder. We won't ever see them in a community day. I'm gonna I'm calling it right now. Okay, but what's wrong with that? I think that's actually kind of a neat change because it opens up community day to be leveraged for other things. I would agree with you if the last year had actually been compiling community days. I think if they do more votes um, it'd be more interesting. The votes got us Charizard again. So, it really <laughs> yes, compelling. but that's because it was offered. If they didn't offer it, it would be different. They're going to you know offer what I mean? whatever they can get away with giving people the least amount of. Just, you know, give me four choices. Is it Caterpie, 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 or Caterpie? You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's all I want. Four choices, all Caterpie. If they give us a community day and they give us the four options and all of them are a Bidoof, I'm here for that, by the way. <laughs> I want that. I that's all I'm saying is that this last year of community day has not proven that community days going forward are going to be very compelling. That's all. 
we'll see. Maybe they'll make some adjustments to make them. So, but hey, I, I you know we can pontificate and and talk about that all I, day. <laughs> I'd love to hear what other people have to say, though, in regards to this. How they feel it potentially affects things going forward, or maybe you don't. Maybe you don't see this as impacting anything. It's possible. Uh, yeah, go ahead and send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com or leave us a voicemail. Well, we'll give you the voicemail line later on the show. We'd love to hear your thoughts and opinions on this because, yes, we're having a dialogue about it. And maybe it is nothing or maybe it's everything because this is kind of getting to the core of one of the last things that we were sort of able to rely on um, as far as, you know, event structure goes for the year. I mean, the research breakthroughs are off the rails now. They don't. We talked about this before. They lack an identity. And now it looks like community days are going to follow suit. So, you know, what do you think? Kyle wants to know. I want to know. The world needs to know. But enough about that. Let's move right along here. That's it for the news section. That means we're not doing gear up this week. Kyle is researching up for a rather meta discussion in a future week. I can see the research in front of me thus far. And wowza. Bring your calculator. <laughs> That's all I'm going to say. We might have been pouring over our calculators and and just like just <laughs> shouting numbers at each other for 20 minutes prior to the show. Just saying. But let's move into the poker lore. And as promised last week, this week we're going to be covering Vanillite, the fresh snow Pokemon, Vanillish, the icy snow Pokemon, and Vanillux, the snowstorm Pokemon. And I'm telling you, this is going to redeem Vanillite in the haters' I'll, eyes. I'll I hope be the so. judge of that. Okay, well, yes, you are the resident hater, so that would make sense. Uh, <laughs> just for that, Kyle, why don't you take us on this wild journey through the Vanillite evolutionary line? All right, see if it redeems itself in my eyes. Mm-hmm, exactly. Vanillite is a small Pokemon with a head covered with something resembling soft-serve vanilla ice cream. It's vanilla ice cream ice cream like beneath this lies its actual head which is made of the same icy material as its body it has dark blue eyes a dark blue mouth and light blue crystals on its cheeks its small body is adorned with specks of ice and it has stubby arms the snow on a vanillite's head can melt with heat or repeated touch leaving it with a bald appearance of simply an ice creature (laughs) yeah that's a bummer in the Japanese Pokedex 4-comma? Coma? I'm going to skip that sentence. It's to just say in, in a Japanese Pokedex entry. Okay. In a Japanese Pokedex entry, it says it becomes embarrassed if seen in this state. Vanillite was born from icicles that are hit by morning sunlight and wish to not melt. It can blow winds as low as negative 58 degrees Fahrenheit, negative 50 degrees Celsius which causes it to create ice crystals and make it snow in nearby areas when it exhales. It sleeps buried under snow and gains energy from the morning sun. In hotter regions, it is treasured by households, though it shrinks little by little. Oh. Glalie is a natural predator of vanillite. That makes sense. That that does make sense, but it's a little bit... Like if you're a trainer and you have your vanillite with you and you're like, let's move to Alola. Like that's a death sentence. Like, yeah, yeah. no, don't do that. It, I like, it, doesn't, it doesn't say it stopped. It literally just said it, but it shrinks little by little, which means eventually there's nothing left. Uh-huh. <laughs> Next up, vanillish. Its eyes are dark blue with small ice crystals at the sides. 
Vanillish has a dark blue mouth, two ice crystals below its mouth, and stubby limbs that resemble icicles. It has a pointed lower body that resembles a large icicle. Vanillish lives in southern snowy mountains, which it migrated to during an ancient ice age. It creates ice inside its body by drinking water and then expels it to hide itself or freeze opponents. It can shatter frozen opponents with powerful headbutts. Vanillish are smaller and hotter regions, and though it can refreeze its snow despite melting, this process can leave its appearance warped. (laughs) That's kind of funny. Yeah, like like a scar tissue almost. That's kind of that is kind of funny. Lastly, there's Vanillux. Vanillux is a two-headed Pokemon covered in a swirled white substance that resembles ice cream. But it's not ice cream. We've we've been here before. It is the result of two vanillish stuck together after a daylight melting and nighttime freezing process. Which makes it a little terrifying, actually. <laughs> I mean, it's basically just metagross, but without the supercomputing power. Yeah, but Metagross, like, it's not two-headed. Like, it only has one head all the same. Like, they become one. I mean, sort of, but, like, Beldum only has one eye. So you combine two of those together and it makes a Meetang, so. True, true. Anyways, each head has two light purple eyes and mouth. There are light blue ice crystals to the side of each eyes and two under each mouth. It has two stubby arms and three spikes under its body, all of which resemble icicles. Very cute. The middle spike under its body is the largest, and there is a hollow straw-like structure on the top of the left head. It's a straw. Yeah, that is that is definitely it's a straw. It's a straw in the yeah. ice cream, not its head in the ice cream. On the back of its two heads, there are many small ice crystals. Vanillix ingests large quantities of water, which it uses to create internal snow clouds. If it loses a head, it can still live problem-free. It just devolves to vanillish. It becomes a Digimon. <laughs> no, dude, de-evolution sprite. Didn't you play the original TCG? <laughs> no, I did not. We've been over this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. When its two heads are in agreement or simultaneously anchored, it can expel powerful blizzards from its two mouths. It can create snow anywhere, which makes it popular among skiers and snowboarders. On to the stats. Max CP of a respectable 3190. That's pretty high. But pretty average stats. 218 attack, 184 defense, and 174 stamina. To be fair, 218 attack is, is okay, but it's not like exceptional. Yeah, yeah, it's, I mean, it's pretty middle of the road just because there's so many high attack Pokemon. It is. It's just like not something you were expecting, you know? Yeah. <laughs> it's best move sets, Frost Breath and Blizzard. Yeah, and if you want to bring a second charge move, Signal Beam is a good good candidate, although <laughs> signal it's Signal Beam, so, <laughs> oh my God. you know, you know. I don't think I like Vanilla. What? Vanilla you don't like Vanilla the- anymore. You don't? You love them. No. How could you? Okay, Vanillux. Vanillux is awesome. It's literally two vanillish that melt and get refrozen together, and then they're stuck with each other. That's so cool. Where does the straw come from? That's my big question. Hmm. Answer that, big Pokemon. Exactly. That's where it's an ice cream cone, and it's got a straw. But it's not an ice cream cone. It covers itself in that that snow-like substance because it's embarrassed, and that makes it relatable. I, too, cover myself in snow because I'm embarrassed. (sighs) 
I don't, I don't like it. I still don't like it. <laughs> I like Garbodor more than I like Vanillax. Garbodor is like pretty creative and Mega Garbodor is so funny. So yeah, that's a different that's a different topic altogether. I don't think it's fair to compare them. I just think Vanillite gets a bad rap because like ah the stupid ice cream Pokemon. Well, it's a little bit more than that. I mean, not much more, but it is a little bit more than that. I will say I like the Vanillite line more than I like Klefki. Okay, you know what? I'll take that. We take those. Mm-hmm. Well, thanks for that, Kyle. Appreciate you stepping in and, and handling uh, that Pokalore section. But now it's the Pokepole section. Last week's question was, what are you looking forward to the most in Pokemon Go for 2021? A recurring event, Pokemon release, etc. Kimmy said, getting back together to raid and spend community days with friends. Fingers crossed we can do that in 2021. Oh, they've been crossed, Kimmy. Don't you worry. Next one's from Benny, and they said, in-person, self PvP tournaments. Trash talking just isn't the same via chat or Zoom. True, it's a lot quieter. <laughs> yep. Lucas said, just give me Kecleon, and even better, go fest. Yeah, well, we got go fest, I, but like a live one? Oh my gosh, sign me up, please. I'm starved of live events after this year. <laughs> Next one's from Rocket Man, and they said, to be honest, I think it's going to be to continue to grow as part of this community. Joining this Discord after listening to the podcast so long has reinvigorated my love for the game. You guys and all the people around this group have given me support, laughs, interesting stories, and all sorts of other antics that make the game much more than what it is. I thank all of you, and I look forward to 2021 with all you awesome GoCasters. Oh, that's really nice. I appreciate that. That is really nice. And it is to say, I think that uh, despite this being GoCast community specific, I think we can kind of extrapolate this out. And I know lots of people that have really found solid Discord communities um, that I'm sure are really excited to you know do more with in the next year. Now that we've kind of had a year, we've been forced to establish ourselves in a digital space and not a physical one. And, you know, looking forward to meeting people for the first time that we just spent an entire year locked up talking to online. Uh, is is a really cool idea. Uh, DeFi East said it's probably the easiest answer, but I also miss in-person events, self tournaments, Safari Zones, GoFest. I'm an extrovert, and not seeing my friends is driving me bananas. I've interacted with so many awesome people online this year, and I'm so looking forward to meeting everyone in person. If I were to go with the not so easiest answer, then I'm looking forward to Mega Lopani being released. I mean, just look at her. P.S. Buniri Lopani Pokalore when? Can I look forward to it when Mega Lopani is released? Tell you what, D5. We'll do a Baniri Lopani Pokalore if slash when Mega Lopani is released, if not sooner than that. But and if it does get released, yes, that will force our hand for sure and we'll cover it. Don't you worry. But this week's Pokepoll question is, what Pokemon can you not stand that everyone else seems to love and why? Now, Kyle... I, I don't know the answer to your question, but I have just complained and moaned about one particular Pokemon for so long. And it's it's Granbull to a lesser degree. <laughs> yeah. Snubble. I don't understand the appeal. I don't get why people love that Pokemon. I can't handle it. Granbull, get out of my face. I, I understand where you're coming from. I think you're wrong, but that's OK. That's OK. Now, mine is going to come as a surprise to some people. Ghastly. My answer is Lucario. Whoa. It is like 
the second most popular Pokemon in all of Pokemon. It is so beloved. And I just don't get it. <laughs> I just. It's steel fighting and it's a dog. It's not a dog. It's a person with a dog face. Yeah. Yeah. It's a dog. It's a dog man. Dog man. Punching the stuff and being steel type is confusing. Dog man. Yeah. I just know. Is that what you're getting at? It just kind of is weird. It's just weird. It's a weird Pokemon. Yeah, it's it's a weird Pokemon. I don't like it. Type wise, Fighting Steel really cool. Move set is it's really cool. Like it can learn Shadow Ball. It has its own signature move with Aura Sphere, but I just I don't like it as a Pokemon. Hey, I can respect that now that I understand it, but I can respect that. Well, if you, dear listener, have an answer to the question, what Pokemon can you not stand that everyone else seems to love and why? This should be interesting. You can answer when we post the question on social media, such as Facebook and slash or Twitter, usually Twitter more often than not. Um, you can also send us an email to mail at gocastpodcast.com or send us a voicemail to 262-586-7717. And we'll get to emails and voicemails in just a hot minute here. But first... We're going to pass it on over to Fish and DeFi-E, who are going to be, among other things, doing a deep dive into the Holiday Cup and maybe talking just a little bit about your boy Genesect and his new move. I'm very excited. Enjoy. Hi, I'm Fish on the Hater. And I'm DeFi-E250. And this is PvP Corner, where we fill you in on all the cool things that are happening in the PvP world right now, which, at the moment, DeFi-E... Is what? Well, if we look at Go Battle League, we are currently in the Ultra League. The Ultra League will continue on until Monday, December 28th at 1 o'clock p.m. PST. And how's Ultra League going for you, Fish? Have you settled on a team? Uh, I mean, well, I've been using the same team for Ultra League for the last six months or so because I, uh, I keep all my Stardust for the Silver Arena. So I just kind of picked an Ultra League team and was done with it. <laughs> I wasn't going to change it around, uh, which is a bit funny because the, the meta's kind of evolved since I first made it, and my team is much less relevant than it was, but eh, what are you going to do? <laughs> it's, so it's uh, Swampert, Charizard, and Gyarados. I discovered that I really like Charizard with Lapras as a safe swap and Venusaur in the back to kind of gobble up those Swamperts. Mm-hmm. And I've been seeing a lot of Empoleon leads, which makes my Charizard very sad. So I am actually looking at maybe trying Empoleon out myself and pairing it with a Gallade. So I'm hoping, I'm hoping before Ultra League is done that I have saved my Stardust and I can build out a Gallade and try an Empoleon Gallade core. Yeah, that sounds really fun. I'm excited, but I'm even more excited for what's coming after Ultra League. Can you tell me more about it? I can, and uh, what is coming after Ultra League is, of course, the Master League. The Master League this time will be running in three different formats. So you've got regular old Master League, which is just come one, come all, and everything can be brought along, built up as high as you can power it up. There's also the Premier Cup, which is the same, except without legendaries or mythicals being allowed. And there's also, for the first time, Master League Classic, which is the same as regular Master League, but without the ability to power things up past level 40. So you can only have Pokemon with a maximum of level 40 in that cup. At the same time, there will be a Great League Cup, the Holiday Cup, 
and all of those things are going to be running concurrently from December 28 at 1pm to Monday, January 4 at 1pm. I am so excited that I get to play Great League during Master League. I can avoid the Master League almost entirely. Yeah, yeah. I'm pumped. Feeling it. The next headline it does involve data mining. So I just want to put this disclaimer out there before we start that data mining does break the terms of service. But what doesn't break the terms of service is talking about what the data miners have found. And what they have found is a little bit of information about Genesect. Genesect has a really awesome move called Technoblast that's been discovered in the code. And with 120 damage for 55 energy, that would make it relevant in PvP for the first time. Technoblast is just the same version of five different moves. It has a normal fire, ice, water, and electric type typing. So I'd be really interested to see how that's going to work. Yeah, it seems to me to be kind of similar to what hidden power is at the moment, where any Pokemon that has hidden power... It'll have it with a certain typing, and it can be any typing in the game, but that Pokemon can't change between different typings of hidden power. It's kind of, you're stuck, if you've got fire hidden power, then that Pokemon will always have fire hidden power, no matter how many times you TM it. So, now I'm thinking maybe that might be the same with Genesect. Or, we could get held items, and Genesect could be holding its different drives. That would be crazy, just some wild speculation no, that I, would be pretty sweet that's the, no i'm not having that in my game that's just <laughs> an unnecessary complication um if, if that happens i'm going to stop pvping i'm going to uninstall pokemon go i'm gonna write strongly worded letters to niantic and to the government <laughs> I hope that it happens, so I want to read your strongly worded government letter about held items in Pokemon Go. And now I'm picturing a government official reading this letter like, what is this kid's problem? (laughs) Alright, so we have one more thing to comment on, and that is at the moment there's a little Christmas event happening in the game. Have you noticed that, DeFi? I have! I opened my game and everything has bows! Everything! Bows for everyone. Um, So we just wanted to point out a couple of uh, Pokemon that... It's probably worth chasing for the candy and for the good IVs. Um, one of them is Snova, which evolves into a Bomber Snow. We all probably have seen a Bomber Snow somewhere in either Silverina or in GBL. It's got such good typing and some very hard-hitting moves, so it's a really nice core breaker to a lot of different things. Another one is Snow Runt, which evolves into both Glalie and Frostlass. Glalie can be viable, but Frostlass is, of course, the one that we all are well aware of how dangerous it can be. It's a Pokemon that can flip the tables against the things that normally counter it, and with an energy lead, it's very devastating. Meryl is available as part of this event. Of course, nothing needs to be said about Azumarill. Uh, We all know it and hate it. DeFi? Yes. What's this extra little note that you've put in here talking about Cubchoo? Cubchoo evolves into Beartick. And I just want to see my lovely little booger bear have its day in PvP. And maybe as a self arena meta pick. It has two amazing fast moves in your big hitter charm with bear tick and then powder snow for just dealing out the damage. Pair that with its charge move of ice punch. I, I want to see it have its day. I want to see it do some work. Yeah, look, I agree that it's got 
the that great move set, but it's a very glassy Pokemon, and Ice-type is not a very good type defensively. With the Silph Arena, you never know. Yeah, that is absolutely true. And speaking of the Silph Arena, we can do our quick Silph check-in. The Nightfall is ending. We are nearing the end of December. So how many tournaments have you been in, Fish? You always top me on this one. Uh, right now I'm in six tournaments and I think I've had like three that have been completed already. So nine for the month. I am in five right now and my head is spinning. I don't think I could add another one. Yeah. I mean, you are a much busier person than me. You got a lot more going on. (laughs) (laughs) What have I got going on? This is the highlight of my week here. Teaching the youth of the world is what I do. But We actually get to take a break here in January. There's a mid-season break coming up and a spicy little arena all-star invitational that we don't have any information on yet. The Silph Arena says that this arena invitational is going to be a chance for competitors to display their skills in new and unique ways while getting a break from the competitive grind. So that tells me that it's not going to be a ranked cup, but I'm curious. I'm staying tuned. I want to know what this all-star invitational is going to be i feel like we will get that information soon i would i would guess by next week but do not hold us to that it's got to be soon but i am excited yeah all right so let's get into the deep dive and we mentioned earlier the holiday cup that is coming very soon so we feel like we should cover that meta this week so the holiday cup is taking place in great league starting as we said on December 28th, and only Pokemon with normal grass, electric, ice, flying, and ghost typing is allowed. So that's six types. DeFi, what are some of the Pokemon that you really want to look at using for this card? First and foremost, you've got to look at Altaria. Altaria, with that amazing Dragon Breath damage, is going to be the meta-defining Pokemon of the Holiday Cup. It tears through the competition. It tears through things like Vigoroth, Obstacoon, Stunfisk, Diggersby, just absolutely wrecks. It has three charge moves to choose from. Sky Attack is kind of your standard, and people tend to pick between Dragon Pulse and Dazzling Gleam. PV Poke recommends Dragon Pulse as the second charge move for Altaria, but half the time you don't even need it because Dragon Breath is so oppressive. Well, that's it. I talked about Altaria. We're done, right? Nothing beats Altaria. No, nothing We're at done. all. Whoa, wait, hang on. Except for... I like the way we did that. That was good. Um, <laughs> except for Frostlass and Wigglytuff. Those two are just known Altaria killers. Frostlass with that avalanche damage, which is double super effective against Altaria. That thing will just absolutely knock the beak off of an Altaria. And Wigglytuff with that charm damage, it doesn't have that, you know, hard punch that Frostlass has, but what it does have is very steady, consistent damage with that charm, and it also double resists that Dragon Breath from Altaria that is normally so potent on every other Pokemon. Another really interesting thing about Wigglytuff is that with this collection of eligible types, there's really not that much in the way of its normal counters. So normally you'd have to worry about getting very hard walled by some sort of steel type like a Galarian Stunfisk or a Bastiodon, but then nowhere to be seen here. So 
Wigglytuff is quite potent and pretty safe. You know what's coming after your Wigglytuff fish? What? The goat. The goat of PvP is Alolan Marowak. Right. This amazing Pokemon is eligible for the Holiday Cup and can easily beat Wigglytuff. It also beats things like Vigoroth, Skarmory, anything that has a grass or a bug typing needs to watch out for Alolan Marowak, but it's definitely not the top of this meta, unfortunately, as much as I love my <laughs> AWAC, my Metawack. It loses to Altaria, as well as lots of the ground and rock type users, like Diggersby and Stunfisk, and we've got Obstagoon to worry about as well. So you mentioned Diggersby. Diggersby is a, a really interesting little Pokemon. It's a newcomer to the scene. And it's normally the case that like a Pokemon doesn't really become popular in GBO until it's been highly relevant in a Silphorina Cup. But uh, that might not be the case now. I think Diggersby could get a little bit of a moment in the sun. Of course, it does beat Alola Marowak with that Mudshot and Earthquake. It also has Fire Punch, which is a great bait move so you can trick your opponent into using those shields earlier than they need to with the fire punch but despite that despite having that fire damage it'll still lose to frostlass a frostlass's avalanche does 60 percent damage to a diggersby where a fire punch from diggersby will only do 40 percent damage to the frostlass so that means you need two avalanches to beat a diggersby but you need three fire punches to beat a frostlass and especially if the Frostlass wants to use some shields as well. That's going to make it a bit hard to flip that matchup. That normal typing as well, while it does give it a double resistance to, say, the ghost moves of the Alola Marowak, it also makes it weak to, say, fighting. And a great fighting move that you're going to want to watch out for is counter. Counter damage is going to knock out normal type Pokemon. Diggersby is part normal. But there are a lot of ice Pokemon hanging out in this meta, and counter can absolutely wreck ice types. Two Pokemon that use counter are Vigoroth and Obstagoon. Obstagoon is a great answer to Alolan Marowak. Obstagoon can also beat Frostlass with its dark typing. However, Obstagoon loses to Vigoroth, the OG Anger Monkey. (laughs) So those are two counter users that you definitely want to keep an eye on Another group of Pokemon that you want to look at is the electric types that we can all kind of lump in together under the same umbrella. But interestingly, most of the relevant electric types aren't relevant because of electric moves. <laughs> so you've got Pokemon like Alolan Graveler, which has, yes, does have that Volt Switch, which is a very powerful fast move, but it's getting most of its relevant wins from Rock Blast and Stone Edge, the rock moves. Same with Unovan Stunfisk. It's a pretty relevant Pokemon, but it's getting a lot of its wins from that Mud Bomb damage. With Alolan Graveler in particular, it is a fantastic counter to Altaria. So definitely something that you want to consider. It's probably the electric that I'm considering most for this meta. But it does have the problem of being very hard-walled by Diggersby. So there's another use for that little digger bunny. Um, Magnazone is good for that hard-hitting wild charge, but it will get melted by the fire spin of Marowak, and it will have a really tough time against the 
counter uses. One other thing is Lantern. It's got two relevant fast moves in Spark and Water Gun. Water Gun is what pvpoke.com recommends. pvpoke is the kind of go-to resource for PvP on the internet. But uh, I'm actually more in favor of Spark. I, I looked it up, and if you line up Spark Lantern and Water Gun Lantern against everything relevant in Holiday Cup, Spark Lantern will beat everything that Water Gun Lantern does, except for Unovan Stunfisk. That's the one Pokemon where you do really want Water Gun on. We've talked about a lot of different Pokemon today, but one of the key things you want to do in whether you're working with Sylph or whether you're working in GBL is find Pokemon that work well together as a core. Have you found any good cores, Fish? Yeah, I've taken a bit of a look at it, and one thing I'm really interested in is Altaria and Magnezone. Uh, Magnezone and Altaria have really great coverage over the whole meta. There's three Pokemon that can beat both of those, and they are Regice, Piloswine, and Mamoswine, which are three Pokemon that, you know what, if you see either of those three Pokemon at all during this Holiday Cup, then please send us a tweet or something, because I'd be really interested to see that. Um, there is a problem with that core, though, which is it's got a low, it, it, we call it a safety rating, which means that if you get either of those Pokemon locked in against something that counters it, there's not really too much you can do to play your way out of that situation or flip that matchup. For example, if your Altaria gets locked in against an Alolan Graveler, fairly good chance your Altaria is going to come out of that in, in, a, in a box. <laughs> so what I would recommend is to say, if you're going to run those two Pokemon, pairing it with something that's much more neutral that you can use as a safe swap. So something like a Vigoroth, or a Frostlass, something that you can play your way out of and win that switch advantage again so you can control where the Altaria and the Magnezone go in the rest of the battle. There are so many great Pokemon to bring. I am ready for the Holiday Cup next week. If you have any feedback or questions that you would like us to cover on the show, just send an email off to that same old GoCast podcast email, which is mail at gocastpodcast.com. Chris will pass that on to us, and we look forward to speaking to you next week. Thank you, Fish and DeFi. Looking forward to the Holiday Cup now that we're more prepared and know what to do because, well, actually, <laughs> I'm not going to go that far. I still largely don't know what to do, but I'm more prepared. Kyle, I hope you feel the same. <laughs> I'm going to take that as a yes. And that means that we are in, well, Kyle's favorite section. But could you remind me what section that is? Emails. Yeah. And lest we forget the voicemails as well. Let's start off with some voicemails. This first one's from Drew. Hey, guys. It's Drew again. Glad that my information had helped the way Kyle so that way you guys can both be playing together, one on each. That's wonderful. Um with the Galarian event for Mr. Mime, uh, it wasn't horrible, but it was probably not worth the money in the long run. Yeah, same. I think that's definitely going to be the downside, is people didn't want to spend the money, and the value was there in the items, but overall, not really. Uh, the, the spawns were mediocre. Even the incense wasn't the greatest of 
variety when it came to spawns. So I'm excited that I'm going to be saving my second Galarian Mr. Mime for the Kanto event. That way I can guarantee a hat or catch early because we don't know exactly how they're going to be either in eggs or catchable or raids or eh, regionals oh, are still questionable so smart. on that. Um, now my question this week is actually for the PVP and you can answer it yourself, of course. What is your guys' opinions on Shadow. Is it worth running a team with two Shadows, Pokemon? I myself have found two teams that are double Shadow that are wonderful. I use Shadow Mawile with Shadow Torterra, and I also use a Shadow Venusaur with a Shadow Charizard. But I do have Elite TMs on both of my Charizard and my Venusaur. So what's your guys' opinion? Hope you guys have a wonderful one. My new goal, I guess, would be to try to add any of you guys as friends. Honestly, take it easy. All right. Thanks, Drew. Uh, we're going to disappoint you with this answer because it's not going to be nearly as informed as it, as it should be. I'm actually probably going to pass this question over to Fish and DeFi to answer uh, potentially either next week or in a future episode. But I guess we can take a crack at it. Also, Drew, go ahead and send us your friend code. I'd be happy to add you at the very least. All right, Kyle, opinions on using Shadow Pokemon. It sounds like in a PvP setting. Do you have any opinion whatsoever? I mean, the opinion is I don't like Shadow Pokemon in PvP, but they're very good. So <laughs> do you have any PvP kitted Shadow Pokemon? No, no, no. I don't do a lot of Shadow Stops and stuff, so I don't gather them and then save them for the TM frustration away. But I also don't want to invest in Stardust, but that, that's a separate discussion. I have talked to several people who like to use like a full Shadow team for fun, and it does work reasonably successful. So I think as long as you, you know, cover all your bases, there's nothing wrong with using more than one shadow Pokemon. My understanding is that it's really important on the particular shadow Pokemon you bring, obviously, just as important as it is to bring, you know, particular Pokemon in a PvP team. As long as you have the the correct coverage, I think shadow or not is just kind of like a personal choice. Is it worth the damage output for the amount of damage you're going to be taking in as a result? And then also, yes, the, the investment cost to get your Pokemon PVP ready will be that much more uh, of a mountain to climb that it normally would not have been. I have a Shadow Machamp that I've been using really consistently in my uh, Ultra League battles this part of the season. So that's my experience with it. I don't really have an opinion about, you know, using one or two or using even three Shadow Pokemon. I've just seen other people use it. I don't know enough <laughs> to say whether or not it's more successful. I just think it's a choice. Uh, but again, I'll pass this on over to our PVP experts and hopefully they can discuss it in a future PVP corner. Thank you so much for the voicemail, Drew. This next one is from Mick. Greetings, gentlemen. This is Mick the Marvel coming at you from the southwest suburbs of Chicagoland. Yeah, so uh, a couple things. I uh, just one wanted to, to, to get on team voicemail again this week. So uh, yeah. we're coming strong every week here. But, uh, you know, I've only got... 450,000 experience points to go to reach level 40. So I think, I think I'm going to get it. So I'm pretty excited about that. So if you're listening and we're friends, we need to, uh, we need to make sure that you're opening up those gifts. And I'm calling out fish on a heater specifically <laughs> because we've been friends for like a couple weeks and my gift has just been sitting there. So <laughs> we're at zero hearts and, and, uh, fish on a heater. Did I say it right? <laughs> Here in the Midwest, it'd just be fish on a heater. So whatever. Um, 
So uh, a couple thoughts here. First off, for those that are listening that aren't part of the the Patreon, and you got to get on it. You got to get on the Discord. It is fantastic. I thought it was just going to be people connecting to do raids. It's so so much more, um, and I'm just having a lot of fun connecting with people over that. So uh, for those of you who aren't part of that, this is someone who is, and I'm not. I, I get nothing out of this. I'm just saying you should do it because it's awesome. I paid him a hundred dollars um, to say. <laughs> and, uh, moving on to the next thing. Really happy that they put the appraise button back where it should be. And uh, I, I definitely hit the tag button a ton of times um, wrong instead of the appraise. So I'm glad they, they fixed that. So here, here's my uh, big question for you guys this week. So, so far we've had Regirock and Registeel. We get the third one this coming weekend. So when this podcast hits, it should be going live soon, and some parts of the world will actually already have it going. But uh, the third one, how do you say it? Is it Reggie Ice? Is it Regis? 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 It's really confusing. <laughs> Why didn't they call it like Reggie Frost or or something like that? Yes. Reggie Snow? I don't know. But uh, I'm curious what your guys' thoughts are. And uh, debate, fight, eat a Kit Kat. <laughs> well, right, I hate to disappoint right. you. We're not going to disagree on the answer all to right. this. So this is this is fantastic because for anybody who has been with us this entire journey, and that journey being the podcast, we addressed this on like episode three. I think it, it was I mean, it might one. Have been one, honestly, it was one. Yeah, Stay frosty, trainers. The first episode we talked about Reg Ice. Yeah, Reg Ice was in raids for the very first time. I'm pretty sure I called it Reggie Ice because that's what I always called it growing up. It is 100% Reg Ice, and it's an awful, awful name. They could have done better. <laughs> but, but can we take a moment? Regis just sounds like the Pokemon form of Maurice, and I, I love it. I, oh, man, I kind of want to call him Regis now. That's... <laughs> <laughs> uh, but, no, but the answer is red ice as, as lame as that is <laughs> that's the answer red geez oh my gosh uh, this next one's from rocket man hey chris and kyle this is rocket man calling in for another week of team voicemail team voicemail i'm sitting here thinking what my uh top three favorite games were so i could ask you guys what your top three favorite games are video games over the years Mine are probably in this order, I'd say Pokemon Crystal, Fallout 3, and Sonic Adventure 2 Battle on the GameCube. Whoa, yeah! (laughs) Swear to that, bro. Anyway, just curious to see what uh, your guys' top three might be, if you can narrow it down that far. And, uh, yep, have a good week. Thanks for doing what you're doing. See ya. That's such a hard question. Wow, that is such a hard question. Oh, my gosh. So I certainly can't give a reliable top three off the cuff, but I can give some some ones that are definitely way up there. Mm-hmm. Pokemon Ruby is definitely there. A very new addition to the list is Monster Hunter World. Go! Which I, I have mentioned in the past, it is... I put 380 hours into it in the course of like a month and a half. So I think to say it's safe to put that there. And number three is probably Ratchet and Clank Up Your Arsenal, which is the third game in the series. 
Oh, but going commando was so good. Uh, honestly, two, three, or four could all be in this spot. They're all so good. Yeah. Yeah. Well, that's a good list. Um, my favorite game of all time is Halo 2. It's the best Halo. You can at me. Uh, I know that that's a controversial opinion for many, but get over it. You're wrong. Second favorite game. It might be Monster Hunter World as well. It was on my list. I was thinking between two or three, but I, you know, Kyle, I love that game. It was a hard sell on me at first, but as soon as you got me in that game every night, I was like, hey, what are you doing? Whatever you're doing, stop doing it. We're going to play some We're gonna play some Monster Hunter. We should yeah. hunt some monsters. You're like, okay, I was going to play, but we can play right now. That's fine. And that number three is, is so hard because my heart really belongs to a bunch of different franchises. Sonic being one of them, Pokemon being another. But I think I actually am going to land on Cities Skylines. Ooh. Okay. I love I love building games like city building games and city planning games and city skylines is just like perfect in a lot of ways that other games in that genre just don't hit. And I, I could spend hours and I do spend hours in that game for therapeutic reasons. But thank you for that difficult question and that excellent voicemail. Good choice on Sonic Adventure 2 Battle. That's a good game. <laughs> this next voicemail is from DeFi. Hey, Chris and Kyle, this is DeFi250 with my goals update. Just today, I finished my goal of finishing page two of the level 43 challenge research. I got that last of the 43 grunts I needed, my 14 raids, my golden raspberries, and I also got my 30 Ultra League Go Battle League wins. My goal for next week is to complete the third, yes, Chris, the third page of the level 43 challenge research. (laughs) Spoiler warning, that consists of make 43 great curveball throws, evolve 43 Pokemon, and transfer 430 Pokemon. So I'd like to see that wrapped up for this week. I just did that today. And because I'm a glutton for punishment, I'm also going to try to hit 99 million experience points because I want to try to get 100 million as close to the end of the year as I can. I'm about 1.2 million short. So that's going to be my experience goal for this week. My question for the two of you, what is the most awe-inspiring place that you've ever traveled to? For me, it's when I went to Paris, I saw the Eiffel Tower and that was, you know, pretty cool. And I did that whole experience. But when I saw L'Arc de Triomphe in Paris, that was what really took my breath away, was seeing that work of architecture. How about you? That is a very great question. Kind of off the wall. I love it. DeFi coming in, in hot with a good question. Do you have an answer ready, Kyle? Because I do. Um, I do, but it's only because I don't travel. So I only have a couple of moments in my life. that would like every, every morning when I look at the mirror in the, the first time, <laughs> I'm just struck by my own beauty. No. Well, what's your answer? You don't leave me, uh, don't leave me hanging. It's kind of a weird one because I, I don't travel very much. I haven't been able to see a lot. If it's the bean, we're done here. No, it's not the bean. Okay. I went to Washington, <laughs> D.C. when I was in grade school and standing there looking across the water by the, the Lincoln Monument, seeing the Washington Monument in the distance and seeing everything like line up in that way. Just it really stuck with me from it's, it's been, you know, 16 years now. So that's probably it for me. All right. Hey, that counts. I don't, don't, don't downplay that experience. It's pretty awesome. That's pretty cool. For me, we did a trip to Europe as a family. We just had a couple of places. We did uh, London 
essentially. And then we did a bunch of different places in Italy and went to the Academy in Florence and saw the the real life David statue. And uh, I'm kind of like always in my own head sort of thing. So I have a really hard time being present uh, in conversations and moments and stuff like that. So like, you know, I've never been like, oh, my gosh, look at all the this valley is so gorgeous. Like that sort of stuff doesn't really get to me. And art doesn't really strike me in the same way either, even though I'm kind of a big fan of art. The David, when I saw it in real life, I literally stopped and stared at it like it's beautiful. It's also a lot taller than people think it is. (laughs) It's huge. (laughs) That thing is so freaking big. And I just was so struck by it. I still I, I still remember that. Yeah, it was something else. Great, great question, DeFi. Thank you for that. And our last voicemail is from the Superior Cameron. Okay, guys. So five minutes ago, I made a genius discovery because I am a genius, right? So remember True. how I sent in that email? We're super upset that my main accounts or my main account was not getting the spotlight hour response that my other alt accounts were getting. Do you remember that? Yes. Neither do I, because I'm not sure if I actually sent it. But anyways, we're going <laughs> to pretend that I did. So I realized that the reason why my main account was not getting the plethora of spawns that my other accounts were getting was because those little spawn points, they're the same on each account. But on my main account, I had already caught everything. So say before Spotlight Hour happened, like 10 minutes before that, all those spawn points were like Weedle or Baneri, or Piplup, whatever. A myriad of different types. I had already caught all those, but on my main accounts, I hadn't caught them yet. So when Spotlight Hour hit, all those spawn points didn't really pop up on my main account, because I already caught Pokemon on those spawn points before the Spotlight Hour. So all all my alt accounts, the map was full of them, because, like, they haven't caught anything from over there. Does that make sense? That should make sense. I think that's it. Hope you have a good day. And that's about it. I was going to say something else, but I forgot. Okay, bye. So I think that's spot on. That makes a lot of sense. Yeah, so each individual spawn point is treated very different. Well, they're treated individually, right? And they each have their own cooldown based on whatever had spawned there. Uh, Essentially, that's the understanding. So yeah, they would flip over when the spotlight hour switched. And so if they had still been on cooldown from the previous catch they would not refresh until they refresh naturally so then you switch over to your alt account boom all fresh respawn points and everything is the spotlit pokemon so that makes a lot of sense to me kyle do you am, am i getting that right i would believe that especially when you consider how it works at the end of a community day where oh yeah all of the spawn points literally tick over in place and change to a different pokemon stolen shinies man <laughs> Uh, yeah. 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 <laughs> but anyway, thank you very much for the voicemail, Cameron. And thank you to everybody on Team Voicemail this week. Really appreciate it. And that brings us to the emails. This first email is from Jackson. Hello. Yes, it me. My answer to the Pokepole is Alola might be coming next year, and it's my favorite region. Oh, possible. I have a question. Is Rog and Rolla going to be in an event eventually? Because I want to evolve my shiny Rog and Rolla. Okay. 
by. All right. So first of all, congratulations on your shiny rock and roll. I'm very jealous. Secondly, we just had an event where he was spawning out in the wild a bunch and it will be spawning in this upcoming event as well. We just listed enumerated up top at the in the news section. I don't remember which one it was at the top of my head, but it is coming. So have faith. Hold strong. Next emails from Simon. And they said, hey, guys, very much enjoying the podcast. Here is my extremely specific question. I just restarted playing in the last month since 2016. While I'm enjoying it, I suspect a lot of the current reasons I can are due to the stay-at-home improvements introduced for 2020. While I'm in Australia and can get around a bit, it is mostly locally in the suburbs where the vast raiding community is non-existent. I'm currently enjoying just going around doing my own thing. How is this likely to change for me when we go back to normal? Do you think we should even go back? Cheers, Simon. Well, I think it will boil down to one more specific question is what the poke, stop, and gym density is like in your area. Because if you do play in a suburb, it's not very populated and stuff. It's not going to be the same once things go back to how they were. But if you're in an area that's even like moderately populated, you don't have to drive 10 blocks to go to one poke stop, you'll still be able to enjoy the game plenty. How rating shakes up is definitely going to be dependent on your area and how they treat remote raids in the future. Yeah, I think that's really kind of it because the rest of it, you know, just decreased poke stop interaction distance. Like you'll just have to get a little bit closer to stops. And gyms, and that's pretty much it oh, for the, for the change that there. So much, yeah, me too. Uh, so here's hoping that they keep it because it feels so good. It does. Uh, but the only thing that's really going to change, yeah, is the rating. I mean, remote rating will still be around. Uh, I, I believe so. I can't imagine they take it away now. But you know, it could be you know their damage will be diminished and less remote raiders per raid and stuff like that. But it sounds like based on what you said about your rating community, that it was kind of non-existent to begin with. So. I think it's going to largely just kind of stay the same regardless because you're already able to get out and about. Uh, maybe some of the bonuses will be a little bit less and stuff like that. That's kind of it. I think you'll you'll be kind of safe. Now, to answer the question, should we even go back? I mean, I think so. Now, what that looks like, I, I could be open to talking about it. I think some of these changes should be made permanent just because they feel better. But I kind of really want to get back to being encouraged to get out and, you know, capital G, capital O, go and walk around and stuff like that without feeling like I can play at home. Yeah. I mean, when it comes to things that can stay the same, I think the interaction distance and the way incense behaves should stay full stop. Hmm. Okay. The, the rest, I mean, remote raids are staying. They're not, they're not going anywhere. They're going to be tuned down obviously. So we don't really need to talk about that. And I just, I just think incense allow people to enjoy the game even when they can't go out, and that's like only a positive. I I agree, but if I choose to go out and walk around for a couple of hours instead of staying home and staying on incense for two hours, I want to feel like I'm being rewarded for going for that walk. But I mean, you are by encountering the spawns of the area on top of your incense instead of waiting 15 seconds for every spawn. I'm just saying before it was like a heavy benefit. And now if we keep a lot of these things, it'll be less of a benefit. What Was it a heavy benefit before? If you went for a walk, you got like six Pokemon. 
out of you a, got more one incense. It, incense is more effective when you're moving. Yeah, yeah, but it was it was like one per minute if you were moving at the maximum. But who stays at the maximum the entire time, you know? Oh, I don't know. Not me. But still, I mean, I, I just felt like I was getting more out of my walks than I when I wasn't, I should just say. If incense worked like they do now, well, on a walk, that would still be better. Old incense might as well not have existed, in my opinion. So that's just what I'm trying to get at. Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah, it'll be kind of interesting to see what decisions they make moving forward. But we'll see. Thanks for the email there, Simon. This next one is from Noel. Hi, Chris and Kyle. Hope I'm spelling your names correctly. You are. You nailed it. Good job. I'm glad you enjoyed our story. Yes, that email was fantastic. And lots of people gave positive feedback. So thanks again for sharing that story. I come to you two with a question. After struggling to find Regirock and Registeel raids, I have major concerns about raiding from you two come February. We can only guess if it will be like raiding at 2020 GoFest or just your everyday raiding timers where what spawns, spawns. I think it's the latter. I know you have a Discord set up. However, it's not very accessible, Discord in general, nor do I feel comfortable with my son joining at his age. My question is, do you have any suggestions on how I can get a few quality raiders that will be willing to raid with my son and I? While we do have a few out-of-state raiders that we raid with on a normal basis, my son and I most times do the inviting with very little being invited back in return. I could simply go to any old forum or Facebook group, but everyone is looking for the same thing, making the competition very difficult. Plus, I don't want to have to invite 50 to 100 friends just to get an invite now and then. There is also the fact that this additional amount of friends would most likely overwhelm my son who has to look through his friends list. My son and I live in Hawaii, so we do bring some appeal when it comes to those seeking Pokemon raids or gifts from the Aloha state. Unfortunately, this also makes time zone differences tough after another reason why I have avoided the random raid group. Any help you can provide would be appreciated. Well, this is a kind of a, a complicated question, and I think the answer is not a perfect one, um, but it really is just kind of trying to construct a a culture or a group of your own, make your own group and run it that way and set ground rules, right? And set expectations for that group of people. In our Discord community, uh, what we have set up is we have an entire raid system wherein people can choose to sign up or not. And people that are hosting are doing it pretty much out of their own goodwill of their own hearts or because they need co-raiders as well. Um, and that's kind of it. You know, I can definitely see what you're saying about it being really overwhelming to kind of dive in and try to find a group online. It's almost an impossible task. So my advice would be to start a group and build it that way. Kyle, do you have any other wisdom to impart? I think that's really good advice. I don't know about having it in time for the Canto stuff, unfortunately, but community days are great moments for when legendary raids pop and people who are nearby join in on it and you can kind of tell who's playing pokemon go that way too yeah and then you can strike up a dialogue and see how they feel about doing raids in the future and stuff like that and kind of really boils down to, to networking i guess if you're not going to use a service like discord that makes the communication easier although there is the possibility to, to temporarily use your local discord to find people near you you can befriend and then just pursue normal routes communicating raids with them instead of using discord yeah for sure you could definitely like go in there and scout out people that are 
you know, A, willing to rate and interested in doing it, and B, it would give you an opportunity to kind of see how rating works in that in that setting. And maybe you then can find a better, more accessible way for you to set up rates yourself, but also that works better for the smaller group that you're trying to curate as well. In this, it's important to say, I don't think you should steal them away from another community. I just think that you should, you know, use it to kind of scout and get an idea of what you might want to do to set up something that works. Um, but, but yeah, that's kind of just, uh, th- that's, that's what we've got as far as advice for that. But thank you very much for your email and for your question there. No, appreciate it. Last emails from Mitch. He says, what's up, Chrisicle and Snow Kyle? <laughs> Snow Kyle, really? He couldn't like. Yeah. Okay, sure. Yeah. The Pokemon Go holiday event just started. Sick. Is it just me or does the new little bow on Delibird and Cub Chew look like an anime-esque anger veins? They're so angry. You can never unsee that now. Uh, I don't know about that. I don't know. Can we just say that it doesn't look good on Delibird? Yeah, yeah, we can say that. I I like it on Cub Chew. I don't care for it on Delibird. I got my car back today. Wahoo! I'm making up plans to go to downtown Chicago and grind out these last 25 rocket leaders for level 45. Exciting times. Anyway, I'm really going to branch out here in the goals. Old goals. Shiny Dwebel, please. LOL, no. No, I got it instead, man. (laughs) (laughs) Three battles a day in Go Battle League Ultra League Premier Cup. Mm -hmm. I think I did about 20 battles total. So, no. That's pretty close. That's one shy. That's one shy. <laughs> Complete a hundred team go rocket grunt step and purify a hundred shadow Pokemon step for level 45 requirements. Yes. Good oh, poor for Stardust. you. Poor Stardust. New goals. A thousand Delibird candy. Why? For Mega Del- oh, wait a minute. <laughs> 86 million experience. That's a lot to get in one week, Mitch. You sure? <laughs> if anybody can do it it's it's our super player mitch reach max item storage three thousand out of three thousand drink 64 ounces of water a day health goal time brotino is it protein o or protein ah i think it's protein o i'm pretty sure okay i'm, I'm just making a joke i know it's brotino brotino's pizza bros oh my god <laughs> Thanks for the episode and a happy holidays. Festively signing off. Cook's gravy. Shiny vibes all. I'm excited that you got your car back. That's exceptional. <laughs> Heck yeah. And good luck grinding in downtown Chicago. It'll be kind of fun. It'll be kind of fun. It'll be sort of a ghost town because, you know, nobody's really out doing anything. And it's still sort of on lockdown. But if you're in your car, hey, there you go. That's the way to do it. Yeah. Is it? I don't know. I haven't been downtown since last year. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, no, it's been a hot minute. Yeah, no, me too. Yeah, I, I mean, down, playing downtown Chicago has always been a superior playing experience because it's a highly populated area, lots of like spots and cool places to hang out and, and catch lots of Pokemon with high spawn density and lots of stops to spin and gyms to battle and raids to do. Oh, it goes on and on and on. But that's kind of a given. So, uh, you know, yes, I definitely think it is worth it <laughs> to answer your question. Thank you for your email there, Mitch. Appreciate you bringing up the rear end of the email section as per usual. Thank you very much. Now, that being said, it brings us to the end of the show. And if you, dear listener, would like to send us an email just like these fine folks did, you could do so by sending it to mail at gocastpodcast.com. You can also join Team Voicemail by leaving a voicemail at the number 262 
586-7717. You can visit our website for all of those details about how to contact us and more and pretty much everything GoCast related at GoCastPodcast.com. You can follow us on Twitter, our most active social media account at GoCastPodcast. We also have a Facebook, like us on Facebook at the GoCast Podcast. Help support us monetarily on Patreon at patreon.com forward slash GoCastPodcast. And quick shout out to our elite tier patrons, Cyprian, Bo, Daniel, Zach Walker, Splinteris, Andrew, Chad, Robert, and Lori. Thank you, thank you, thank you very much for your continued generous support. We really quite appreciate it. But if monetary support isn't your thing, you can always leave us a review for free. Just takes a couple minutes of your time and it helps us out a bunch on your favorite podcatcher, except for Spotify, because they haven't gotten their reviews together yet. I swear, <laughs> one of these days it's going to happen and I'm not going to know what to do with myself. But yes, please leave us a review um, and it helps us out a lot. But that brings us to the end of the show, Kyle, which means it's goal time. You got goals ready? I got mine ready. Uh, Yeah. All right. What you got? 900,000 experience going to do that this week because we have that evolution party next okay. Tuesday. Uh, I want to evolve my Tertuga. Okay. Which to is like Costa. Yeah. I am like, I don't know, eight candy short, something like that. I'm walking it currently. So dang, you're at zero rare candy. I'm not using rare candy for the Unova <laughs> stuff. Okay. Fair enough been over this you know but we've been over this we've been over and over this <laughs> okay what else and then last i'm just gonna have another stardust goal because stardust on top of experience because why not mm-hmm. Two hundred and fifty thousand stardust 250k stardust all right nine hundred thousand experience caracosta and two hundred fifty thousand stardust sounds good for myself, I want to reach level 44, so I got to figure out a way to do the Great League and Ultra uh, League stuff. Uh, <laughs> step two of the 43 research, I need to finish my Rocket Grunts as well. DeFi has inspired me to do so. I want to catch a shiny Cub Chew. I've been checking each and every one of them. Whether it has a bow or not, I'll take it. Whatever you can give me, please. And uh, 66 million experience. I'm at 65.1 or 0.2 right now. I just want to hit 66 million and kind of call it a day there. Those are my goals. But thank you very much for listening all the way through to the end of the show. We quite appreciate it. And we'll see you next week. Goodbye. Bye. Bye.